0: To passports and pizza, a podcast about everything by two carb-loving carry-on-only gals.
1: I'm Laura, a traveler and teacher with an appetite for adventure, and I'm Sarah, an
0: artist and food blogger who travels mainly for the food.
1: Join us as we dive into anything and everything that's on our plates and on our minds.
0: All right, you guys, this
1: this episode's been a hot mess before we even press play.
0: (laughs) Gosh, I'm sick. Laura's sick. We've already been flirting with time on this episode anyway, recording oh much gosh. later than we normally do.
1: Yeah, it's just been, it's just been a chaos, and my Wi Fi's been dead, so that's been great. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a thunderstorm impending, and we're doing this virtually because I'm <laughs> sick, so. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. bear with us.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, this goes. More smoothly than the last twenty minutes I've gone. Yes,
1: let's. It can only get better, right? Right. Right. Right.
0: Okay. Right. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you said on your on our chit chat notes, away suitcase warranty update. Please inform.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we have sung the praises of the away carry on many a time on this show, and so for those of you that know. The Away suitcases come with a lifetime warranty. Which we love. Which we love. So I just had the experience of cashing in on that. Yeah? Because one of my compression straps inside broke. So it, like it okay. became um, detached from the suitcase on the one end. So it like didn't work because it didn't have anything to hold on to on the other side. So... I emailed them and let them know what was going on. And I guess for some of the fixes, they have a repair kit that they will send you so you can fix your suitcase yourself. But for this issue, they did not have a repair option. So they just sent me a brand new suitcase.
1: Amazing. The exact
0: one that I have. Although I'm a little disappointed because I kind of wanted a new color, but whatever. Um. They wouldn't give you a new color. No Well, they had, like, already put the order through. Like, I opened my email, and they said, oh, blah, 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 we're sending you a new one. It should be shipped out shortly, you know. So, I mean, it's fine. Um, you liked your color, yeah. though, right? Like, you liked it anyway? Yeah, I just have the, like, graphite gray color. It's a very classic. Um, yeah. And then, so, you mail the defective suitcase back but they told me to keep the battery so oh nice i now have an extra battery that i can also just like keep in my bag as a you know portable phone charger um, sick yeah i that's also have awesome. the like laundry bag that goes inside <laughs> and stuff they don't need it yeah they don't need it <laughs> they don't need it so that's great yeah so they totally delivered and um in like switching suitcases I was like taking off my uh what's it called like my luggage tag with my info on it Uh uh-huh and I realized that like it still has my old married name And, and oh but also they the new suitcases come with an away luggage tag so I was like doing that one but I realized I didn't really like theirs so I ordered myself a new luggage tag just nice. to like spruce it up so I can show you on here I got oh, cute. this from Bando you know that brand yeah um so if, if any of you guys are looking for cute colorful luggage tags check out Bando yeah.
1: And this cute. is on sale, so it was like $6. That's so. what's up. So, another yeah. glowing recommendation, not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> we, but not should be sponsored. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, of travel, this is sort of like a travel related episode, so we'll be talking more about travel later. This Mm -hmm. episode is about a foodie's guide to travel planning, which I think both of us are masters of. So, more on that later. Let's get to our salty Mm. sweets. Okay. I'll go first. (laughs) Okay. My my salty is a general, it's nothing specific, just generally. I feel like my life lately has been one step forward and two steps back, like consistently. It has been, oh, you finished this project. But now you have to backtrack and you did this wrong. So now you have to go back and redo it. Okay, now you have to make this call. Okay, you made that call. But then that means you have to make two other calls. It's like everything you could ever imagine. It's like nothing is simple right now. And I feel like it's been this way for all of March. Like I feel like all my free time has just been like, okay, well now I have to go fix this because this Mm -hmm. one's wrong. And I'm trying to be proactive about this. But in being proactive, I'm realizing there's more work to do on, on XYZ. And I feel like professionally, I've like, there's been a lot of like work that I've had to do extra hours for. We've had a musical this past month, which was like Mm -hmm. amazing. That's actually my suite for the month. But um, it's just a lot of time that you just don't have. So in the spare time, like what the two hours I have before I go to bed, (laughs) it's like, how do I get this all done? And I just feel like I've been, yeah, perpetually just been like, what? when am I, when am I going to get a break here, please? Like, can I, can things just go my way, please? Like, (laughs) that's how I feel. So just a generalized, you know, how those things go. Sometimes it just feels like, why, why is it anything easy for me right now? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess it'll make me more appreciative when like things do go my way, but yeah. Uh, nothing's been easy lately like I, c- I can't even like tell you how many things I could list off it's just been like ugh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. my sweet is my sweet is my middle school had it's musical and it was adorable and we sold out like my parents couldn't even come because we sold out of our, <laughs> all of our tickets and like yeah the parents were so excited and it's been like the first musical real musical that um the kids have been involved in for like over two years and like the overflow of emotions that came out of these kids once the show was done because I think they realized like how awesome it is to be in like a community you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they don't really have that a theater community is definitely like a certain feel like you just get really close with each other and when it's over and you're a middle schooler that means just like Uh bawling and just like won't let well like we'll just continually hug you until you're like okay you gotta go like but it was a really rewarding musical i feel like it was so much time extra and it's never fairly paid but we don't do it for the money so well what Um, was the show um so we're in a middle school so we do the junior versions so we did into the woods junior And I actually directed Into the Woods in college, so... Mm -hmm. um, And this was the show. It's sort of sentimental. This was the show that was supposed to happen the weekend that the government, like, shut us down. So, it was, like, all all these sophomores came back to see the show that they were supposed to be in. So, they were all invited back to see the show that, like, never was for them, and, like, they commemorated those students who were supposed to be in that show this time. So... It was a very, like, sentimental show. It's a sentimental for, show for me, too. Like, I, it's one of my favorite shows to do. And the junior version is just, like, very cute. So,
0: yeah. Aww, that's
1: Yeah, fun. so that's
0: my sweet. Well, my salty is a big one. Oh, no! Yeah. <laughs> All right, hit it. Hit it, hit well, it. Well, you know what it is. And that is that I had to say goodbye to Gilmore.
1: Our Which dear is... sweet germs. Literally boy. the saddest thing that has happened to me, personally. Right.
0: <laughs> I know. Laura was truly broken up about it, as she should be, and as everyone should be, because he I was... I was sobbing. Yeah, <laughs> he was, like, the best dog. It actually happened the day after we recorded our previous episode. Yeah. Because it was, like, that night I got home from recording with you, and I, and he's always at my parents' Um, so I picked him up from there and he was definitely sluggish and he kind of had been for a couple days, but it was like more obvious that night. And then it was the next morning that he was even worse. And, um, like he was laying in the kitchen while I was preparing his breakfast that morning, which was already odd. Like that showed me he was tired. Um, and then he could not stand up. And that was when I basically texted my boss and was like, I'm dealing with Gilmore stuff. I probably won't be in today. And yeah, so later that day, my parents and I took him to the vet and it was time for him to go. So um, it was very peaceful And it happened, like, kind of suddenly, even though, like, we knew, because when he got sick over the summer, we knew that he had a mass on his liver. So I feel like it kind of went as well as you could hope, because rather than his liver slowly declining, it appears as though his mass must have ruptured because he had internal bleeding. And the location of it, I think, was... Right there, Because um, you could actually see, like, on his abdomen where there was, like, fluid and stuff, um, mm. making him look kind of, like, bloated or whatever. Um, but he, he didn't seem to be in pain. He was just, like, very tired and weak. And, um, yeah, so we got to say goodbye to him. The three of us were all with him through the Which end. Which is, like,
1: probably the most amazing thing about it was the pictures that you shared of, like all of you guys surrounding him, I like, I'm going to cry just now thinking about it. It's just like too much. Yeah. It's like too much.
0: It's, I know it's been, it's been really hard. Um, for me without him, like I realized um, now I'm going to cry.
1: No, um, I can't
0: do <laughs> We always do this, Laura. Um, it's embarrassing
1: <laughs>
0: for me, not for you, for me. I, yeah, no, it's not. But um, I like I. Re- I realized uh, how much lonelier the house feels, and Ugh. it it felt like I had to readjust to living alone because I didn't quite realize how much his presence in the house felt like somebody was here with me. Oh my gosh! Then, yeah, you know, and now he's not. So, and it's been really hard for my parents too because. He was yeah. really at their house, like, half the time. Yeah. And the bond that he had with my dad was really something special, so... Um, yeah, it was awful. Like, my dad keeps saying how, like, beautiful it really was, the way we got to say goodbye to him and how peacefully yeah. he went. But it is also extremely traumatic to have to put a dog down, to put a pet down like that, into. To make that choice, and I'm also grateful because it was not a hard choice to make at all. Yeah, it really was obvious that this was his time, so I was right. grateful for that. Right, but, yeah, but he was in my life for 10 years, and Robert brought him into my life because he was Robert's dog when I met him. And uh, yeah, and then he stayed here with me when Robert moved out, so he's been my bud. But he was the best. You just don't
1: realize, like, the void that comes when when an animal passes away. Just their, like, little spirit. It's just, like, there's there's an emptiness there that, like, cannot be
0: described. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that was... uh, Yeah, like, it really kind of caught me off guard because there was one night where I just, like, watched a movie on the couch. And at the end of the night, I felt so lonely in a way that like I've had to adjust with living alone right um because before this time in my life if I I like I am an extrovert so I have found that if I spend too much time alone it it kind of makes me depressed and I've gotten so much better at that in the last two years but I like had that feeling the one night maybe like a week after he was gone and I realized it just felt so much more empty in the house because he wasn't like on the other end of the couch with me while I was watching a movie and you don't realize sometimes how often you like talk to your pets and stuff oh my gosh
1: well also just the structure of like taking care of them like especially a dog Mm -hmm. cats are a little bit more independent but like you know right before bed you're gonna go on a walk
0: and he knows where to go and you do it all the night you know it's just so weird to wake up and not walk him and um that first weekend without him it was really it just kind of threw me off and by that Sunday night I got like <laughs> the worst case of like Sunday scaries anxiety I've had in a long time because Ugh. it just felt so weird to not have to walk in before bed yeah and it, and it just it, like my whole body just felt like something's wrong yeah you know, something's not right and that's all it was. It was just that I didn't have Gilmore to walk before bed. You know? I'm so sorry. It, it's hard. I'm so
1: sorry. Like, there's no oh. words. And he was such yeah. a good dog.
0: Like, he was such a good dog. Yeah. The best. Just the best. <sighs> but moving on to happier things. Yes. <laughs> My sweet <laughs> is that... um. My friend Kelsey, who cuts my hair, she is actually one of Robert's old friends from like high school. Yes. Although yes, they yes. became more close right after high school. Uh, so she and I, the other weekend, drove together to Cleveland to visit Robert and hang out with him and his siblings. So we just had like a quick, fun weekend out in Cleveland. It looked we like you guys had so much fun.
1: <laughs> Like, we did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, one of Robert's sister's best friends was having her bachelorette weekend. So we got to just basically crash that and join in. Nice. So, yeah, it was like exactly the vibe that we were looking for. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we just had a great time. We went out to like a karaoke bar, we went out dancing.
1: Um, Y'all yeah, were wildin'
0: <laughs> What? Y'all were wildin' <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, Laura saw that, Oh my gosh it. I was Brilliant like, intense. oh my god, I did nothing this past weekend You guys like <laughs> tore it up <laughs> That's such a Fun crowd though, like that group is so much fun Like
0: Oh yeah Yeah, you gotta get out there with me sometime I know Cause like, uh Robert's sister, Caitlin, her friend group is just epic.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And, and
0: they're all like theater kids. So you would love it. Fit right
1: in. Let's go, people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well,
0: we've laughed. We've cried already. Yep. Life's now tough. It's time. <laughs> let's talk about how to plan travel when all yes. you really care about is the food. Yes. Which is us. Our, and our people.
1: You're probably tuning in because yeah. if you travel, you're here for the food too, right? So let's exactly. get into it. Okay, so I had a couple like just things that we should talk about. So I think we're both masters of traveling for food. So this is a foodie's mm-hmm. guide to travel planning. So like everything that we do to get the most out of our foodie experiences abroad and wherever. So mm-hmm. I guess first, I think we should share, like, what's the coolest foodie experience you've had while you've been traveling?
0: This was hard for me to think of, but I, the answer I came to is having a true Belgian waffle when I was in Bruges, which they're known as, like, Liège waffles, which I think I'm saying that correctly. Okay. But they're the like thick doughy waffles with the Belgian pearl sugar in it that turns into like pockets of caramelized sugar. Delicious. And the dough of this, and it actually is like a dough. It's not a batter. So it's almost like a brioche bread with these you know, balls of sugar in it that are put in a waffle iron. And so, like, I had heard about these. I had read about them before I went. But when I tasted one of these, it was truly life-changing. Um, it and sounds been, like it. <laughs> yeah, and they don't need anything on them. I think the first one I ate was actually... It had ice cream on it, which is obviously amazing. <laughs> but... <laughs> The next one I had just plain, completely plain, and I was so mad that I didn't have one like every hour on the hour, because I think we are really only in Bruges for like one day, yeah, like well, an evening and a day.
1: It's like, and I have, have to like... have one all the time. There should be one in my yeah. hand this entire time.
0: Exactly, and I think I only had one midway through the day that we were there. So I had the ice cream one and then later had a plain one. And I was like, I have been wasting every other hour <laughs> that I've been in this country. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so it's like, we can't leave yeah. yet. It's like,
1: we can't leave yet. We need 10 more of these before we go.
0: <laughs> exactly. I will pack some in my suitcase to go home.
1: I've never been to Belgium and I've never had, I don't think I've actually had a true Belgian waffle. Like, you know how some restaurants say, mm. oh, it's a Belgian waffle. It's like, is it? It's not. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, so I, I need to make them and have you come Oh, I would that.
1: love that, please. Okay, yeah. so mine is a complete opposite in terms of the food <laughs> spectrum. Like Sarah's is like yeah. very sweet and like pastryish, and mine is Okay, so like this foodie experience I wrote down because in terms of like the most Anthony Bourdain experience I've ever had, it's this. Um mm-hmm. and I'll talk about Anthony Bourdain later when we talk about like you know, our relationship with food and travel, but, um, you know, I love a hole in the wall place as much as the next person, but there is nothing quite like feeling like a total outsider when you walk into a restaurant and like, you know, you've hit the jackpot. So, mm. um, we were in Hefei, China, which is a quote unquote small town in China, the size of Pittsburgh. Um, okay you know I, so we were there because Luke's um old coworker they have an exchange they had an exchange program with their Mandarin program her name was Ray and when she went back to China she in, you know extended the invitation if we ever wanted to come to stay with her and she was like but it is a small town and i'm thinking like okay this is like like i don't know what i was expecting but it like was not a rural small china yeah like very i was uh-huh. expecting like very rural like yeah i don't know what type of hotel situation we anyway and it was the size of Pittsburgh. But anyway, so it's a small town. Um, so yeah. anyway, she was like, she knew that we really like spicy foods. So she was like, if you really want like an authentic foodie experience, let me take you to get fish eye stew. And you, we took this like elevator to maybe like the 30th floor of this
0: mm-hmm.
1: shopping mall. And it was like this Big, almost like a hotel lobby-ish area, but everyone was seated at these round tables and then like the waiters would come out with like a tux on. But like all these like Chinese men were smoking cigarettes and like we were <laughs> definitely the only white people that had been in that establishment for a long time. Oh. Um, okay. And all eyes were like on us and we just ate this delicious, like the spiciest, savoriest Fish eye stew, which, like, fish eye sounds gross to most uh-huh. American standards. It was the bomb. It was so good. And you didn't have to eat the fish eyes if that grosses you out. So it um, has
0: fish eyes in it, just, like, uh-huh. swimming around.
1: Well, it's, like, they brought out a whole fish, and it was, like, on top of a stew. So you sort of, like, picked the fish apart, if oh. that makes sense. So, like, okay. you can get a meteor like, meatier parts of it. But, like, there's certain parts uh-huh. of the fish that were, like... You know a delicacy and that is fish eyes are definitely like a big part of that so Mm -hmm. it was amazing and it was the most like I don't know it was the most Anthony Bourdain I think I will ever feel in my entire life but it was such a cool Uh experience it felt really authentic too so yeah that's probably been my like coolest foodie experience
0: that's awesome all right so did we always travel with food in mind we both said no (laughs) Yeah, I did not. So, so when did it start becoming something that you focused on?
1: Um, so I really didn't care about food most of my high school college years. Um but I never was really interested in food until I started working in the food industry post college. So I worked at Trogue's Brewery, um, here in central Pennsylvania after college, um, to make some extra cash and like hustle my way until I got a full-time job and Mm -hmm. there um the chef that was there at the time was amazing and we would always get these little like plates before we would go on to the floor just so we could know like you know how to describe food if anyone asked or like what beer was good with what and I it just like opened up a world of like wow this is really cool and around that same time I started watching Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations which um is a foodie travel show and then from there um yeah then parts unknown of anthony another anthony bourdain show um but then i really like got into this anthony bourdain like world (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like where culture and food and travel like intertwine and that's when i was like wow i really care about this and this is like really fun um Mm -hmm. and also like post-college is when you really start to cook for yourself for the first time for pleasure Um, so yeah, that's sort of mine. Um, I'll tell you that I know I didn't care about food because when I went to Spain, my senior year of high school with like, um, excuse me, with a group of girls, um, we went as Girl Scouts, um, we had no idea what we were supposed to order while we were in Spain. Like I had not Googled a single thing. I didn't know what a traditional food like would be. I knew that they did tapas in Spain, but I didn't know what tapas Mm -hmm. were. Like, and like, I also didn't know like what to look for on a menu. So everything that we would order, I I kid you not, like would come with an egg on top, like a fried Uh egg. And this was before this was like cool, you know, like, Uh you know, have a burger and have like a fried egg on top. And this must be a traditional thing. And I remember thinking like, I wish I could understand why this keeps happening. Like, Mm. am I ordering Mm -hmm. the same thing a million times why are we going to these restaurants if I'm getting... You know what I mean? So... Yeah. I would never do that now. Like, food is number one priority, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, like, just a different form of travel entirely, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. I wish I could go back to Spain and just, like, actually eat the food. Like, maybe that's something I'll have to do in my life, but yeah. hmm So what about you? Was food something you always cared about in uh,
0: your travels, or Definitely no? not. Um... Uh, Much like you, I didn't really get that interested in food until, like, the very end of college for me, which was basically around the time that I lived on my own and had to cook for myself. And I had a friend who really loved cooking, so she kind of, like, introduced me to it more. Um, I had already loved baking at that point, but it was like, once I had to feed myself, then I was like, oh, I can also you know, learn more about this whole other side of food and stuff. And so my example is that when I was in college, like before I was a foodie, that was when Luke, your boyfriend, who was my boyfriend at the time. (laughs) Side note, if you don't know that, that's our backstory. (laughs) Um, So he studied abroad in Rome and so I went to visit him over our spring break. So I was in Italy for 10 days. And because I'm a total nerd, I kept track of all of the money that I spent when I was there and what I spent it on. That tracks. And then, yeah, I mean, I always have, always will. That's what I do. Um, so then when I was flying home, I had written all this down at like the back of um, the journal I was keeping or something. So then I like added up, how much money I spent on everything in different categories. And I remember being astonished because I spent more money on museum fees than I spent on food during that entire trip. Dude. Although, I mean, you were an art student, it, to be fair. <laughs> I was a, I was a very poor college student, and I did eat, like, breakfast and stuff at Luke's apartment in Rome sometimes, so some of my meals were kind of, like, accounted for in that way. Yeah. But still, it was, like, everything we ate... I mean, we had a couple nicer meals, but almost everything we ate was just, like, a quick slice of pizza here, a scoop of gelato here, you know, like... And yeah. I mean, I was eating all that stuff, but if I went now, like... Like my honeymoon in Paris, I think I spent as much money on food as I would at home in like five weeks. Oh my gosh, but like yeah. on this one trip, you know? Um and You're I, like I, I, hotel parasite. Nothing. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I barely I barely went to the Louvre when I was in Paris. <laughs> But when I visited Luke in Italy, we went to so many museums, yeah. which was amazing, yeah. but that's just not how I travel anymore. Right. It's just not. Right. <laughs> and
1: I don't honestly see that changing for the two of us. I feel like once you go foodie travel, like, you really can't go back. Once you've yeah. had a taste of the good stuff, there's no, like, I'm not going to accept less, period. Yeah. So. Right. So let's get into, like, um, let's get to, like, the planning side of things. So... Let's Mm -hmm. say your listeners, you listeners are like, or you readers,
0: our readers, our readers (laughs)
1: um, are planning something this summer and like, you know, where you're going, you have your stuff sort of planned, but like, you know, you don't really know what to look out for. Like, you don't really know what sort of food to look for. Um, Let's get into that side of things. So what is it that we look for when deciding like a destination? So... For me I'll say that food has always been now now is not always been but now is like one of the top two deciding factors when deciding like where to spend our time that Mm -hmm. and culture like um for example when we were in Italy um I really wanted to go to Bologna because I knew it was like a foodie town it was a foodie city not only for it's Mm -hmm. like prosciutto but also like cheeses and I just had always heard, like, that region of Emilia-Ravagna was, like, the place to go if you wanted to, like, get a real taste of Italian food. So that, mm-hmm. of course, was top priority. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, like, what about for you? What do you, what do you look for when determining stuff?
0: Uh, well, it's honestly hard for me to imagine anything else being that important besides <laughs> food. <laughs> but I think another thing I often think about when I'm thinking of places I want to go aside from food I think one of the most prominent things in my mind is kind of like the weather and the scenery and like the terrain um the landscape of a place uh, maybe like the architecture like like the visual overall visual aesthetics of a place yeah is what drives me um and then also culture you know like I would love to go to Ireland because I have a lot of Irish in my background. But also a lot of that is still tied to food. You know, it's like the culture of the foods that they eat. Or like when I was in Germany and the like cake and coffee culture at the coffee shops or, um, you know, getting a big soft pretzel to eat as I strolled the streets. You know what we have to do?
1: You two, me and you. We need to go to Copenhagen and get that fika life. Yes, a coffee shop yeah. crawl. You get pastries mm-hmm. and coffee, and that's all you do.
0: Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I want to do. But that's what it time. is. It's literally like culture, like because
1: fika is part of like yeah. the Scandinavian culture of like coffee mm-hmm. and like relaxation
0: and taking yeah. a break, and then like food. Hello. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you've talked about being in Italy and having that, like, um, aperitivo, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. Where you go have your spritz and you have, like, your little snacks and stuff. And, mm. like, that, that whole culture, you know. And we're talking a lot about Europe and stuff. But there, even here in America, you know, say you want to, like, go down south. It's like, well, I'm going to try some really good barbecue, you know. You got to like that kind of thing. It's like, like you can't, can't separate food from everything else. No. And also like
1: food and culture are just entwined in nature. Like food Mm -hmm. is literally like sewn into our culture. What we eat Mm -hmm. is a lot of who we are and like what our culture prioritizes. And, you know, it has familial ties and, obviously geographical ties of like what's available nearby locally right. and things like that so like that's the beautiful thing mm-hmm. about food it's like when you're experiencing authentic food you're experiencing culture which is so cool yeah
0: yeah okay you're experiencing like everything about that place <laughs> all right so how do we research authentic dishes and like restaurants and where to try everything so i always start
1: with an ask on social media so Um, You wrote this down, but same thing. Like, if I know someone's had long-term residency in a certain place or, like, is an expat somewhere, I'll reach out to them. Just, like, DM them. Um, Mm -hmm. Or, like, if they have a blog, I'll reach out to them and see if they have any content on there. Um, Mm -hmm. I would also say that YouTube has become a favorite. If I find a really good YouTube, like, roundup that I actually trust the opinion of, like, the host or the creator... That's been really fun. Um, and I will say, do or die, Anthony Bourdain, rest his soul. <laughs> like, yeah. if he's if he has an episode on a certain location, like, I'm going to find out where he went. Um, mm-hmm. And that's always been really cool because, you know, he, he often went to find, like, really authentic restaurants, family-owned restaurants off the beaten path. And I feel like when you start to look for that sort of thing, you'll see them all over but maybe like a tourist guide wouldn't give you that so Mm -hmm. if you find someone you really trust on like social media that's like the key for me so Yeah.
0: yeah that's why I feel like blogs are a really great place for that and I feel like blogs are often people who like move to a place yeah that are not from there so then they're documenting their experience and um they're probably more likely to be creating content like that. Yeah. Um, Or maybe they, like, married someone from another country and now they live there, you know, that kind of thing. I also love looking at cookbooks because, I mean, you could do um, just, like, an Amazon search of a specific place and see which cookbooks there are for that place. Maybe look up the authors of those um, or like as you're doing, you know, cooking away through Tasting Rome before you visit so you can familiarize yourself. But also when I was planning my trip to Italy in 2020 that never happened, <laughs> I was actually reading through Tasting Rome and her her book on Florence as well um, because she mentions a lot of restaurants and stuff in there. So I was taking notes from that yep. to make my... Google map, which we'll discuss later. Yeah. But but yeah, so cookbooks for a specific region, they might mention, um, like if there's a classic dish from the area, then they might mention a restaurant that's like famous for that or something. Yeah. So that can be another good place to look. And if you're like,
1: oh, I don't follow anyone on social media or I don't know like what blogs to look for, I would say go to Pinterest and search like um destination foodie guide and then see what pops up and then also on social media you can use a lot of hashtags like um like for example you you mentioned someone who's like married to someone who lives in a certain area there's this girl i follow Mm -hmm. on tiktok her name's casey rose and she's like i don't know if she's married but she's dating a man from florence and she's an american living there And she has Mm -hmm. so many great TikToks of restaurants that she's trying. And she's like, this is pretty good. But like, if you're really going, you should probably go to this spot. So I feel Uh like if you like TikTok, don't underestimate TikTok because Mm. people are really authentic and honest there. So they'll tell Mm -hmm. you like, "Eh, don't go there. Go here instead. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Speaking of don't go here. How do you spot a tourist trap?
0: (laughs) So you mentioned photos. What do you mean by that?
1: Okay. This is Eurocentric right now. Um, So if you are going to somewhere um, specifically in Asia, you can ignore. But if there are photos on the menu, walk the other way. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. And also, like, you you should look up, like... Is this dish actually authentic to this area? Because for Mm -hmm. example, as someone who's done a lot of Italy food research, spaghetti and meatballs are not an Italian thing. Like if you see (laughs) spaghetti and meatballs or Uh, um uh uh, what is it? What is the food that the like cream sauce that people like here in America? The pasta like cream sauce? Yeah. Not a thing, <laughs> like so. And if you see those and their photos on the menu, walk away. Um, I feel like if there's any photos, walk away. Also, if there's a huge menu, walk away. Mm. Mm.
0: But that's just a general
1: mm-hmm. thing. Like that's here in the states too. If there's a huge menu, yeah. it's probably not very good. But oh, unless um, it's Cheesecake Factory, I was just gonna say. That. <laughs> Except if you're the Cheesecake Factory, that's the exception to the rule. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah, there's been so many times where I've been walking around and just been like, oh, this place doesn't look bad. But then I see like, they've posted their menu outside and they have pictures everywhere. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not the vibe because mm-hmm. it's obviously made for people who don't know what to order, which means that, you know, the standard's probably a little bit lower. Um, right. and they're catering to, and like an audience that is probably low on time, wants to grab a quick mm-hmm. meal and be on their way, which is fine. Um. But yeah, but I will say in Asia, that's not the case because it's very common to have like photos, um, when we were in Japan, like there were so many menus that had photos because, um, it's just part of the culture. And also there were like displays of fake foods outside and it's very common. So don't throw that off if you're in Asia, specifically Japan, Korea. Yeah. Like those two, uh, you would see that a lot, but
0: yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: gotta, you gotta walk away when there's photos in Europe. (sighs) can't do it
0: yeah also just like anywhere that's super close to a tourist destination like I remember uh, going to a cafe like kind of near the Eiffel Tower or like a restaurant I guess you would call it but um, Robert and I actually got like shooed away because <laughs> we asked to share a sandwich <laughs> Like, because they, like, we just kind of wanted a snack, you know? And, um, and their sandwiches were pretty large, so we tried to order one to share, and the guy, like, took the menus away from us (laughs) and shooed us away, and he said, he said to go to a boulangerie. (laughs) So, um, which, honestly, we then, like, went to a boulangerie and got an amazing ham and cheese sandwich, and shared it you know on yeah, the sidewalk. yeah yeah but um but I also remember that the menu at that place just wasn't very good everything seems kind of expensive and they clearly had no time for us yeah if <laughs> but if also that, I guess that's like a thing in France or in Paris that they do not want you sharing food mm. so yeah, yeah I mean
1: the more you know I don't know But it was also close to the Eiffel Tower, you said, right? So, like, it was probably catering to, like, you know, Mm -hmm. whoever needs to grab quick food
0: and has money to burn, so. Right, which, like, there's a time and a place for that, but, you know, if you're looking for an authentic foodie situation, that is not the place to be. And if you're organized, you will know where to go
1: closer to tourist destinations if you do the pre-planning. That's the whole thing. Like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: especially, like, I feel like you and I have a similar, like, Google Map situation. So we'll talk about that. Like, I feel like there have been times where I'm like, oh, if we go here, then this place is, like, 10 minutes away or whatever. So, like, it's not right there, but Mm -hmm. you can sort of plan around it. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What are some other things? Yeah, if there are tourists there, obviously. Which, (laughs) you know a tourist when you see one.
0: Yeah. I've been one. I can spot them. Um, and also I kind of mentioned this, but if you're looking at a menu and it's like stuff you've seen elsewhere, but the prices seem really jacked up, yeah, then it's probably same situation. Walk away. And again, it's probably near a, a big tourist destination anyway. Yeah. So, so I hinted at this just a second ago,
1: but like, how do we organize our itineraries so that the best foodie experiences can be had? You and I both use Google maps, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So talk me through how you organize your Google Maps.
0: Okay. So I, like, do all my research, and then as I find a place that I'm interested in, I add it to my Google Map. And so, I mean, also, Google Maps are kind of weird because if you search for a place and then go to the maps, but then you have to, like, go to a different thing, to go to My Maps... Mm, And it's like a slightly different interface, you know, and then you like create a map. It's not hard to figure out if you're, you know, fiddling around in Google. But anyway, um, so you add things to the map. And my main thing is I get obsessed with adding um, specific icons and color coding it.
1: How do you do that? Like, I was like, how does she do that? Because I just have stars everywhere.
0: Oh yeah, if you just like go to edit the the like pin on your map, you can change the icon and also the color. So like if I'm if I if I'm putting a coffee shop on there, uh-huh. the symbol is gonna be a cup of coffee and it's gonna be brown. You can do that? Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, you'll have to
0: Okay. I wouldn't know how to do that. That's great. I'm yeah, sure you can then, just like, Google it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not hard. Trust me. It's very intuitive. So if I find a pizza place, it's going to have a pizza symbol and it's going to be red. And then so I kind of usually use like a certain... Like I usually use red for restaurants across the board. And I'll just use like the like knife and fork symbol. But if it's like pizza specifically, I'll use the pizza symbol. Um And then I think I also, if there's a place that's more like vegan, vegetarian, then I'll do the knife and fork symbol, but it'll be green. Of course. (laughs) I like Um, the way your brain works. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and then if it's like a bakery, then I use a different symbol for that. Um, That has its own color. So then this really helps me as a visual person when I'm looking at my map, Say, you know, I'm at a big tourist spot that's also on my map, which is probably a black star if it's something like a cultural thing instead of food. That's how I like to do it. But then I can look around and if I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to be there in the morning and then I want to try to find a cute coffee shop like mid-morning, then I can look around and be like, which coffee shops are near there because they will very clearly look like my coffee circle, which is brown.
1: So yeah. So by I have a simpler version than that. But what the point is, by doing all this work before you leave, when you mm-hmm. are eventually out and about and, you know, you need to grab a lunch, but you don't really know, specific, you don't have a reservation or, like, you don't really know where to go, you can look mm-hmm. on your Google Maps and see what is close to you that would make sense. and Or, like, if you're yeah. walking back to your hotel or something, you might say, oh, we're, we'll be a block away from here. Like, so you mm-hmm. can look at that map. Um, especially if you download it, um, before going, you can download Google maps. Um, Mm -hmm. and then that way you can have it without Wi-Fi, which is great. Um, but yeah, that's the way that I do it. I don't have the whole color code situation, but I do use the like generic, like yellow star. And now on Mm -hmm. your like, uh, pinned or whatever you're saved or starred locations, you could add notes, Mm -hmm. which is great.
0: Uh, because now a new feature?
1: Yes. So I wanted okay, this I feature for say, I never so did that before. long. <laughs> yeah, because like, you know, you're reading a cookbook and they're like, make sure you get this dish at this place. And mm-hmm. like, if you're there, you may not remember that. But if I know that it's, um, you know, you have to get like this type of pizza here. I'll put in the notes now, this mm-hmm. type of pizza, um, you know, or, you know, make sure to get XYZ gelato or something like that. Right. And I'll yeah. know when I'm there, oh, yeah, I have this note that says this is what we should get. So you sort of, yeah. like, remember those little details that, you know, in the rush yeah. of things, you may not know what to order. So I that's a new feature. I used to kind of do
0: that for some places where I would have the name of the place, and then in parentheses, I might say, like, order the blah, 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 or right. known for its blah, blah, blah. But there's only so much information you could put in there like that. Right. So this note option seems a lot better.
1: Yeah, that's been my new thing. But now I want to go in and color code everything. This would be my new. This will be my new hobby: is just reorganizing my Google Maps. Yeah.
0: Well, that's like when I make the Google Map for our Feast of St. Pizza, I also color code it, in so I know which order we're going in. So I do it in order of the rainbow. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, because if, you know, because depending on things, we're not always going to the ones that are right near each other. Yeah. So I'm like, we go to red first and then orange and then yellow, then green, you know. And we end on purple. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, so a lot of times I have used this for when I am abroad. So downloading the map is definitely something you want to do. Yeah. Although a lot of times I would also end up just like, turning on my data plan for, like, a few minutes to, like, get, like, um, directions pulled up or something, um, but I also like to have a printed copy on me as well, because then I can also just pull that out and look at it, kind of look it over. Yeah. And, um, you know, then you're not relying on your phone as much, and it's a good backup to have, too. Yeah, in a pinch, it's good to
1: have. So, um, One thing that I would also say if you're like a foodie traveler, if you um, are anticipating a trip, obviously this is something that I will forever probably do. I'll probably do this for the rest of the time I travel is cook or try to learn at least a few dishes before I go. So take Mm -hmm. a stab at trying to make a dish so that way you can like really appreciate it before you go. Um, Excuse me. (coughs) So obviously I've taken this to like an extreme level with Rome. Um, I've been like cooking my way through tasting Rome and it's been great, but I feel like it's something that I could see myself doing forever. Like if I'm going to Scotland, let's try to make some traditional Scottish shortbread cookies mm-hmm. that way I'll be on the hunt and I'll know a good one when I have one there, you know, like there are so many different things you can learn and I think you get mm-hmm. an appreciation for the food. Um, and just like the intent, the intensity and like, you know, the quality of like, local ingredients when you're there versus like getting something here. So, um, I would definitely say cooking pre-trip or, um, maybe you really had something good while you're there and then you want to make it afterward. Like, I definitely think that's Mm -hmm. something that people should do.
0: Yeah. I think that's been more my speed. I, I like that you cook before you go. Um, it's not something I've done a lot. But there have been plenty of times where I've tried something new on a trip and then when I come back, I look up a recipe for it. Yeah. And that's, that's really fun for me because then yeah. you have that memory of trying it on your trip and you're like, oh my God, I, I wish I could have that again. I wonder if I can recreate it.
1: Yeah. And then you're like, there's not enough garlic in this. I remember what this <laughs> tasted like, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, especially me as a food blogger, like if I found a recipe but it wasn't quite right, and then I right. tweak it, and if I could like perfect it, yeah, and put it on the blog and have my own version of it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: It's a good way to like revisit your travels too. It'd be like, oh, I miss that was so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I added this question last minute, but what's on our foodie bucket list? So yeah, I just you can go that. anywhere, all expenses paid. What do you want to have foodie wise? Uh, I mean, I don't even you have answer one? this myself. Um, I could think of one. So, um, I would love to do an omakase dinner in Japan, like maybe in Tokyo. We were in Tokyo, but we were like broke <laughs> broke kids, yeah. broke 20 something kids. Um, like live like in a shoebox size apartment just trying to like mm-hmm. have the best time we could on very limited money. And omakase mm-hmm. is like a chef specialty so like they decide the day of what you're gonna make and they even make it specifically for the people it's very like detail oriented um okay and it's you know you you normally um sit at the bar the sushi bar and like you see them make it and there's such like an art to it and um I've had so for Luke's 30th birth 31st birthday um I got him at omakase dinner in Philly and it was such a cool experience, but it -hmm. would just be a different level to actually experience it in Japan. um, And like see a master really at their prime. So that's something I would definitely want to do if we were to go back to Japan.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that reminds me one of my, one thing that's on my foodie bucket list for sure is the omakase hoagie pizza room at Pizzeria (laughs) Padilla. Yes. Which is why I know that term. I had never heard that term before. Um, But yeah, our favorite pizza place, which I still haven't been to his new restaurant, Pizzeria Badia. Um, Me neither. He does like this tasting room. I think it's designed for like six people. Yeah. But they bring out a couple pizzas and a bunch of his hoagies and you get a drink. And I think like the soft serve ice cream. Like it's way more food than you could ever eat. I think it's designed for you to take food home with you, yeah, but it's it's pricey, yeah, it's pricey, as, as is a
1: traditional makase, so because you're like paying yeah. for special treatment and like mm-hmm. the level of detail yeah. and like it's it's it would be a really cool experience to do that,
0: yeah, so I would definitely love to do that. I'm trying to think of like another country like something I'm dying to try.
1: Um, Fika in Copenhagen.
0: Hello. Well, yeah. Yeah, definitely that. I don't know. I could also I would I really need to get back to Italy and have some really good authentic like pasta and stuff in like yeah! A good place. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nothing like definitely. it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. There's just so much, there's so many options.
1: There, there are, it's a big world with lots of food to eat. Yeah. I think I would also, now that I'm thinking about it, I really want to go, I really want to go to India in my lifetime and I love Indian food Mm -hmm. and I love like Mm -hmm. the architecture and the culture there. And I would just, the problem is it's like, we can only travel in the summer. So it'd be really, really, really hot. (laughs) So I don't know when that trip would happen, but I would love to do like a foodie tour of like, a hemisphere of of India. Obviously, doing whole India Mm. is, like, way too much, but maybe, like, Mm -hmm. one or two cities um, and, like, really delve into the world of, like, the spices and, like, just the the really cool, like, street food and things like that um, of India because it's just, like, a whole different world that I feel like I have not even, like, breached the surface of. So I feel like, yeah, Yeah. going to India and doing that is something I would want to do, too. Yeah. Maybe one day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think we covered everything for that. And if you guys have any questions for us about how we plan, or if you want to share with us your planning tips or your Google Map tips, yeah, we want to know. How do you get the inside scoop on where to eat? Would yeah. love to know.
1: We have a very juicy listener question. I'm so excited for this. Okay. So I'll read this. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. So it's long. It's long
1: long. and it's anonymous. So, um, here we go. Okay. Sarah and Laura, I've low key been seeing, but not seriously seeing a guy for almost a year. We're part of a close friend group where everyone hangs out all the time. But no one knows about us. Mm. At first... Mm. <laughs> yeah. At first it was fun to have a secret that, the, that only the two of us knew about. Sometimes I still get the thrill from our friend get-togethers because there's always a what-if factor of whether or not we'll hook up. However, I recently found out that he's been more seriously seeing another one of our mutual friends. I will say she's gorgeous, and I do think I might be a bit jealous He's adamant Mm -hmm. that I do not tell her about us, even though she and I are pretty freaking close. This is like, okay, okay. okay. Not telling her feels shady because we are still kind of seeing each other here or there. I'm afraid that I might've caught feelings. This whole thing is messy and I don't know what to do. Is it wrong to lie to her as she potentially enters a new relationship with him? I feel like there's no winning in this situation.
0: Ooh. Oh boy! <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, I'm so excited to talk about this. I know. So, what are you? What are your thoughts, Sarah? Okay. Well, dating is my new area of expertise. Yes. Although, I'm still uh, not very well versed in it. But I was trying to think, like, if this was me, what would I do? Like, honestly, yeah. if this was me, what would I do? So, number one, the question of, like, do you tell this other girl? Yeah. You know? And I think... It depends on him. Because... Like, honestly, if he and this other person are not exclusive... Yeah. Then it really... Technically doesn't matter. Technically doesn't matter. Yeah, if you're also seeing him. Yeah, if 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 she thinks she's exclusive with that guy, that would be different. And I think the problem that I'm
1: reading in this is that she says, "I think I've caught feelings." Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's sort of muddying that situation, like. If you feel like you've caught feelings and you've been low key seeing each other for a year, but you're still friends and like you get a thrill out of this whole thing, like, yeah, and you're starting to get jealous, like, right, I think that's what's muddying that situation. Because, like, if they were just not seeing, Uh like, if it was just like, oh, we're just casually seeing each other, no big deal. But now that feelings are involved, that's when it gets messy.
0: So, I think the. The real question is you need to ask yourself, what do you want? Because first of all, do you actually have feelings for this guy or do you just love that you guys have this secret and it's fun and you're afraid you're going to lose that? Right. So like, are you afraid of losing that? Or like, are you actually afraid of losing him? Right. And what you have. And And are are, are you you afraid of losing your
1: friendship with him? Because if this whole situation explodes too, like, would you just like have to sever ties or like, do you have a friendship where like you say, Hey, like this is getting too messy for me and it ends and you Mm -hmm. can just move on with your life and be okay. Both of you. Yeah. Like, I don't know that vibe, but
0: right. I think if you're just casually seeing this guy and you're fine with that, just keep doing your thing and mind your business. But if she thinks something more is happening, and and you if if I was her and I sensed that this guy was lying to the other girl, then I would set her straight. That's what I would yeah. do if he yeah. was lying. Um, it's not clear like. In some ways, you could say he's lying by omission, but, like, if you're seeing someone casually, you don't necessarily have to tell them that you're also seeing someone else casually.
1: Right. Unless you Um, cross the line of being serious and you're exclusive.
0: Right. If you're exclusive, then, yeah. And then, in that case, he should stop seeing... But could you honestly...
1: Could you honestly see yourself being in this situation, being around this girl in, like, group settings, and being, like... Like, maybe she even, like, maybe she even, like, tells you that, like, they've been, like, hooking up. Like, do you just, like, not say anything?
0: Right. Like. Like. That would, it (laughs) would be very awkward. This is awkward because you're friends with her. Right. So.
1: I would say if she, I would say if she's, like, coming to you to, like, ask for advice or, like, she wants to, like, tell you about what's going on, I feel like you should just tell her like straight off the bat. And if it's already happened and you have to Mm -hmm. like catch her up, just be honest about it. Just be like, you know what? I was like really uncomfortable about this. And you know, Mm -hmm. like just because like, I don't want you to feel like I'm lying to you. Mm -hmm. We've been casually seeing each other for a while now. And I felt uncomfortable telling you because like, I didn't know if it was serious Mm -hmm. or not, but it seems like maybe it is serious or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're wrong in telling her if like, she's coming to you for advice. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, and now that you say that, the fact that she writes that he is adamant that I do not tell her about us... Weird. That's a red flag. Yeah. That's a red flag. So... Yeah, why Why means, is he so, like... Right, that's not cool. Because, like, like I said, it's not really any of her business. Like, you know, she's seeing him, he's seeing her, like... Right. But also... If she tells this other girl, oh, yeah, I've been hooking up with him, too, and that causes a problem for the dude, it's like, sorry, bro. It's your bed. <laughs> Lay in it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, if you want to see us both casually, then, like, you know, and yeah. we're friends. And and she obviously knows about the other one, so why can't the other one know about her? I you just... It, this could never be me. <laughs> I know I, yeah. Like, this would keep me up at night for sure.
1: I would but be I will for th- sure like every single friend get together I'd be like are they going to hook up tonight? Oh my god. You know what I mean? Or is it going to be oh, me? Yeah.
0: I know. So but the other big thing here is that if you want something more with him then you need to acknowledge that. Yep. And tell him that. Yep. And if he does not want to give that to you, then it's time to walk away. Yep. Because yep. otherwise, you're just a side piece, but you actually want more. Yep. You know, well, side piece, that might be it's, a little bit it's, harsh. It's going
1: to hurt no matter what, if you actually caught feelings for him. It's going to hurt yeah. if you don't tell him, and it's going to hurt if you do tell him, and it doesn't work out. It just...
0: Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah, you got to figure out what you want, and then you got to... Ask for what you want and if you don't get it you walk away. Yep. Yeah. Godspeed and lady. You, yeah, you don't and one of the best things of advice that I've gotten from my favorite dating podcast, Finding Mr. Height, is in this situation, you don't go and ask them what they want. Nope. When you, you tell have them an answer in mind. What?
1: You, you say,
0: want. Here's what I would like, how do you feel about that? And if they're not on the same page, that's when you know it's time to go deuces you say farewell sir best of luck to you it was nice it was nice doing whatever we were doing brush the dust off I your will shoulder take my leave yes and i will look for other fish in the ocean i bid you adieu <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> honestly this is a really messy situation but i feel like it's not super uncommon so mm-hmm. we're not a dating podcast by any means but thank you for asking for our advice um yeah. Hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully this like brought you a little clarity. I also feel like because this is anonymous, we can be a little bit more brutally honest than like if mm-hmm. like you were asking me this question, I'd be like, "Well, yeah, uh, you know, it's just like harder when you're when you know like the details more." Yeah. And we don't know
0: too many details, so yeah. You know. But it is it is tricky cuz it's like you could tell her. You could also Like, telling her could be the right thing, and not telling her could also be the right thing. It depends on a lot of factors, so... And I feel like the main factor is this dude. Yep. Who seems a little shady.
1: Yeah, if he's adamant that you shouldn't
0: tell her. And I would say, if you're looking for more than what you're getting from this guy, you deserve better. You sure do. You sure do. But also, if you're fine with this, just keep playing it out, you know? Just play it out. I sense that she's See not cool happens. with it.
1: If she's writing in for advice, <laughs> yeah. I sense yeah. that you need to buck up Something and like, up. yeah, you gotta buck up. Like,
0: life's Something's tough, up. but yeah. It's time to, time to rock the boat. It's Aries season. <laughs> yeah, get chaotic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, thank you so uh, much for writing in your advice. We love this stuff. I hope we have another one for our next episode. I love this stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. So good. All right, our recommendations. I'll do mine. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> tell me about this thing. So
1: I look awful in our video chat right now, but because uh, <laughs> I like showered really quickly before hopping on. But I love this heatless curling rod headband because tiktok influenced me
0: is this that thing that you like put over your head i look like
1: you got it yeah i look like a like a renaissance lady when i put this thing on because i like tied in the back like it looks like i don't even know like a crown of hair um (laughs) and luke like hates it but (laughs) it's it's honestly not that uncomfortable like it's pretty soft it's a satin. it's a satin, like, they call it a headband, but it's more like a foam, a piece of foam that you put on top of your head, and then you twist your mm-hmm. hair around it. Uh, if you're on okay. TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, and I have, like, wavy hair naturally, um, and I don't do my hair super wet in it. Like, I'll have it pretty much air dried, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit wet, um, and mm-hmm. then I'll put it in. Um, mm-hmm. And when I take it out, I feel like I'm a Pantene model. Like, Really? Oh, girl, the bounce. I wish I wouldn't have showered so you could see my hair. But, like, the bounciness of the curls is, like, bombshell. <laughs> now, I will You say, gotta send me a video sometime. If I do it tonight, I will video you in the morning.
0: Um, okay. I also I will want to say- see a picture of you wearing your hair like this. <laughs> the- Luke- I want Luke- to see the Renaissance head. <laughs> it's embarrassing, but it's worth it. <laughs> Um, yeah. I
1: love this because it's heatless. So like, I curl my hair pretty often. Sometimes for work, I would say like mm-hmm. I curl my hair like once a week, um, mm. if it's a good one, if it's a good week. Um, yeah. And I try to make it last as long as possible. Um, and my hair holds a curl pretty well, so keep that in mind if you're considering buying this. Um, yeah. But some people like put hairspray in overnight, like they hairspray like with a a
0: okay. flexible
1: hairspray. Uh huh. Um, and that helps it maintain its curl a little bit, but it's heatless. So I'm not going to damage my hair by this. And I could do it like anytime I shower, which is amazing. And does it take um, a long
0: time to get your hair all worked up in it?
1: Two minutes,
0: two minutes. But stops. Do you do it in like pieces
1: <laughs> or is so it you, like your
0: whole hair at the same time? You do your whole head. Like you split your hair in
1: half down the center uh-huh. or like wherever your part is. And then you sort of start at the very top, and then you just slowly start to add pieces until, like, all of your hair is within the rod, I guess. Okay. The foam. And then you just, like, tie it at the bottom like pigtails, and you sleep okay. it with it like that. I'll, I'll show you a picture. So
0: your hair has to be, like, pretty long, I guess.
1: Yeah. I don't know for short hair if it would work as well. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel yeah. like it would be really poofy, too, but... If you have, like, long hair, like, long layers, it's perfect. Um, I will say that I do touch up. Like, sometimes I feel like I need to do, like, one back piece or, like, one little side piece. But, like, if you get it good, it's great. So that's
0: my recommendation. That's awesome. I had no idea you bought that thing.
1: It's It's a fairly new purchase, but I like it. So I can give it my thumbs up of approval. Well,
0: my recommendation is Gilmore-related in his honor. Um, So after he got sick this summer and he was in the hospital for three nights, I started feeding him this fresh dog food from this Uh brand called Ollie's. So it's O-L-L-I-E. And it's quite expensive because, like, it arrives frozen and it's in little packs and then, like, you take, like, two packs out at a time to thaw in the fridge But it's, like, real food. It's, like, human-grade food. um, And has, like, vitamins and nutrients and, like, omega-3s and good stuff added to it. But I... It's expensive, so it only made up, like, half of his meal and the other half was his normal dry food. But I saw a significant difference in his, like, health and energy levels while he was on this food. Yeah. So, for the last... Seven months of his life, he was eating very well on this stuff. And it also um, made it very easy to tell how his appetite was because he loved eating this stuff so much that if he ever didn't want to eat, I would be like, okay, yeah something's not up. Well. Yeah. Which honestly basically never happened. Like, even a couple times when he was feeling a little off. He was still... He was still ready to eat this stuff. (laughs) He loved it.
1: (laughs) Um, A foodie just like you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He got treated like a little prince in the last seven months. And uh, I'm actually looking at him right now because my parents got me uh, a uh, framed copy of an illustration I did of him a while ago. Yeah, so I'm showing Laura I'm right going to cry. <laughs> um, but I wanted to recommend them because not only was the food amazing and, um, you know, Gilmore loved it. But when I called them to cancel his subscription after he passed, you know, I'm sure they hear this all the time. Because it's yeah. probably one of the main reasons people stop is that their pet is no longer living. Um, they were just like so wonderful... Like, the person I talked to on the phone, like, sounded so genuinely empathetic and sorry to hear and stuff. And then I got a, like, separate email from them, like, as, like, a a sympathy card email. Uh And they refunded me for his most recent shipment that, Uh like, he ate part of. Which I didn't ask for at all I didn't even think to ask for that That's really you know. nice but, And it was like $85 worth of food That they refunded me So really nice. I was just Very impressed by the way that they handled Everything Yeah. And their customer service was great um, They have like a good interface on their website It's easy to like customize When your deliveries show up and stuff And the food was Honestly great And easy to work with so if you're looking for fancy food for your pup, I definitely recommend Ollie's. That's a great
1: rec. Sounds like they're a quality yeah. quality group of people. hmm That's nice.
0: Yeah, big fan.
1: Oh so, my gosh. Well Oh
0: so I think we actually recorded without any major Can you believe technology issues. If you guys could only
1: see the first 20 minutes of a Zoom call oh that God. got ended, it was just horrible. Yeah. A
0: It's miracle. amazing what restarting your computer can do. Seriously.
1: <laughs>
0: my question for kids is oh always like, gosh. did you turn it off and turn it back on? And I didn't
1: do that uh-huh. myself, so.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Oh, my yeah. gosh. All right. Well, before, uh, like, we curse this, let's do our sign off. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Please subscribe and review. Please tell a friend. That's yes. the, the best way to let everyone know about us. Yes, and
1: please reach out. We would love to hear from you. Our Instagram is Passport Pizza Pod, and our email is hello at passportsandpizza.com. You can also text us or voicemail us, voicemail us, call us at 717 <laughs> 964. Zero two one five, or you can always you know slip into our personal dms if you want to send us some anonymous questions so send us um, a juicy
0: personal question
1: yeah so if you want (laughs) to slip into our dms sarah is at sarah underscore cornelius underscore and i am Roman go
0: lightly yep and you can find our show notes with everything we talked about today at our website which is passportsandpizza.com Yes. And thank you to Will Gingrich for our theme music. And we'll catch you That's next it. episode. Yep. We hope you guys are having a lovely spring. Yes. And uh, we'll talk to you in May.
1: Yeah, I'll be 31. Whoop, whoop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Happy Aries season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you. I'm gonna blow my nose really quick, hold on. Okay. Yeah.
0: I need to blow my nose. Me too. So I'll be right back. Okay.